history with the podcast guy, Matt King. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to our podcast. Unfortunately, for some, our topics that we talk about may be offensive to some people. The topics that we discuss could also be triggers, and we want you to be aware of that. If you are in need of help, please talk to a professional, a family member, or a friend. We are not medical professionals, and we don't claim to be. We are just two guys with a microphone and a platform. Please listen with discretion. Welcome to This Time in History, guys. I'm Matthew, and I am here today to continue our coverage of the 2022 municipal election. One new interview, one new episode every single week, until right up until the election. And I'm pleased today to be joined by Mr. David Shaw. He is the mayor, a mayoral candidate for the city of Mississauga. Welcome to the uh, show. Uh, can I call you David? Yes, you may. Thank you very much. And it's a pleasure to be here talking with you. Yes. So um, I don't have specific questions. I rather there's topics I want to cover if, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. I will uh, answer them to the best of my ability. Okay, so the, the first one is just your introduction, you know, where you grew up and, and what your life has been like up until now. And then um, the big question is, why are you running? Why this election? Why now? So go okay. ahead. First off, um, well, I'm not Mississauga born, but I've lived here for 54 years and... Um, I've, uh, done many things in my life. Um, I grew up here, I went to school here, um, and then I got, got to work and I was in the fire protection business for the last 38 years. I officiated sports most of my life, up to 50 years of age, um, I, in hockey, I officiated. I was a level five referee and did National Women's Hockey League uh, championship games, OHA, Junior A, Metro Junior A, uh, Metropolitan Toronto Hockey League, and uh, I umpired for 33 years in Ontario doing basically all the baseball in southern Ontario in the leagues except for the Blue Jays. So I've had a very let's just say efficient upbringing, uh, like doing the tough jobs that a lot of people don't want to do, uh, officiating sports. Um, in that time, I also ran uh, three different uh, Mississauga senior baseball teams, recruiting, managing, uh, running them. Uh, I played the game till I was 38. I played hockey till I was 21 in the Mississauga Hockey League. Um, and I love this city. And uh, I guess secondly, yes, is why I'm running and what got me into it. Uh, well, I just saw the direction of our politics about eight years ago. And I didn't like where it was going and what was being done. So I said, I got to get involved. So I ran in the last Ontario election in 2018 with the Libertarian Party of Ontario and uh, for my first experience and uh, I enjoyed it. I, I got invited out to one event and spoke there 
I said, I can do this. And then we had the municipal election not long after that, and the current mayor won again. And uh, that's when I decided uh, just about four years ago that I would go for the mayor's office. And, uh, well, we're here. And the reason I'm running is I, I would like to put a voice of the people back into the mayor's chair because that's what that voice is supposed to be. She's supposed to speak for the people. And first case in point would be the uh, affordable housing that they just had a Zoom meeting in three, four weeks ago where she's just, the people have spoken and she just threw it back at the people. And that's wrong. And uh, I want to be that voice for the people through the councillors. And uh, she's just saying it's okay to be told what to do in our city by other people. And, and that's uh, not the way it should be done in my books. Can I ask a question? Yes, sir. Um, now, she's the first mayor, we're talking about Bonnie Crombie, she's the first mayor um, that has taken the chair since Hazel, Mayor Hazel. And, I mean, I never lived in Mississauga <clears throat> myself, but... I've heard great things about Hazel, but wouldn't you say, uh, for argument's sake, anyone who took who took the mayor's chair after Hazel would kind of always be compared to her and probably wouldn't live up to the legacy of uh, of Mayor Hazel? Oh, oh that's that's probably exactly what's happened here. I'm sure this mayor, you know, those those are big boots to fill, big shoes to fill, following uh, Mayor McCallion. Uh, Big shoes, and of course that puts a lot of pressure on uh, Mayor Crombie. But uh, you know, you still got to do the job and uh, be the voice for the people, and that's the bottom line. And uh, if you're not doing that, people got to stand up and run against that. I and you know, that's what it's all about. Yeah, she certainly did have big shoes to fill, and uh, you know, she's worked uh, worked and tried her best at it. That's so what i say but uh so i i know it's early on in the race but have you been able to develop um part or maybe all of your platform that you're running on i have various aspects to my platform but what i'm i guess what i'm going to be going talking about is basically putting the voice of the uh, mayor back the people's voice back in the mayor's chair, putting it back in the mayor's office because they've spoken up against this uh, upbuilding and and uh, Doug Ford's bullying of us and just making legislation that says we have to build here and we have to build this much and you can do this in the suburbs and you have to do it by this amount of time or we're going to fine you. And, and the mayor just went, I'm sorry, she just threw it back at the people. When the people has already spoken to the councillors who had spoken to the mayor in a Zoom meeting, along with the commissioner, that uh, were being bullied, and she just threw it back at the people to contact their MPPs, uh, leaving the MPs out or even responsible that should be contacting the fort. That's that's wrong, and but she's done nothing about that. So that's that would be the first aspect and then there's other aspects of my platform but uh, that all depends on how i'm approached 
down the road because it's not until October 24th, the election. And we'll just see what's coming out. But there are other things like lockdowns, you know, my opinions on that and masking and these injections. But uh, we'll see where the conversation goes with that in this city. Okay. Because, uh, that's, that's it. Okay. Um, I do have a couple of uh, uh, topics I wanted to uh, just pick your brain about. I know that, uh, for example, in the city of Toronto and in the city of Oshawa, we've got major homeless uh, issues, and I'm just wondering if that exists in Mississauga. Uh, that's a... Sorry, there's a uh, big truck rolling by here. I'm just sitting outside. Um, a big homeless situation in Mississauga. I'm I'm not totally sure, but I think not. But we do have uh, food bank issues and a lot more people having to go onto the food banks because of troubled times. Okay. I think Mississauga is pretty good with homeless and and uh, the city opens up their community centers to them for showering if they need it and um i believe they still do that so well that's it's real good that way well that's good and what uh you said that um she uh, the mayor current mayor threw back at the people um in terms of uh affordable housing so what kinds of things in terms of affordable housing might you uh, consider, should you win the mayor's chair, something like maybe a rent freeze for the city of Mississauga? Uh, that's something I would have to look at. Not being into the city and seeing what the numbers are and what's actually going on, I, it wouldn't be for, fair for me to comment. Okay. Uh, with, an, with an honest comment, you know what I mean? No, I'm just looking more of if, if that would be something that you would consider. I mean, once you've um, seen the numbers and seen the books, if, yeah. if that would be something that you might consider or not, that that's all. Well, I would, I would certainly look at it. Absolutely. Okay. Um, but what we need to do as a city is uh, the developers have been allowed to uh, knock the number down to when we, when we approve new, uh, the city approves new uh, building. Uh, we've just gone. We used to get twenty five percent in the city uh, affordable housing, and now it's down to like ten percent. Really, and, I didn't, I didn't it's know like, that. Yes, it's like the developers are, are calling the shots now, not the not the chair. And there and there's like I don't I don't know if the numbers are accurate. A couple billion dollars of already approved housing that isn't even started and there's one that was approved back in 1991 came out the zoom meeting okay. still there's no shovels in the ground but they want all this other stuff approved and then with the 10 percent, there's some new a new building area they want to put five high rises in with no green space and with this ford government's legislation they put through the, the developer can just say no nah, we're not putting in green space here's some money and, and that is the biggest thing. Like, the city wants to just put three in, or the councillors and the, and, the, and the people who live here said, three is fine, we need that green space. But now with the new legislation, that 
just goes by the wayside. The developer seems to be in charge of the, from what I'm getting, I, out of that meeting. And they're now in charge of what's built and when, and, and like Ontario's, the government, the Ford government seems to be taking over the city. And the city is a business, it's a corporation, and the people who live here are the shareholders. And we should have a spay in what's built. And that's being the system, and that's what the councillors are trying to do. And we're trying to do in that Zoom meeting, along with the commissioner, to speak up saying that this is wrong. Like, we're going to build, but we want to build it our way and the smart way, not forced with a threat of fines. You know, that's just bullying, in my opinion. I agree. <clears throat> Speaking of building, um, what kinds of um, transit issues um, does Mississauga currently have and what would be um, something you might... Obviously, this is all predicated on once you've seen the books and the numbers and stuff, but what kinds yeah. of transit uh, plans do you envision should you win the, the mayor's chair? Again, that's, that's, I like to answer question, but that's something I, I don't know enough about. We have this new, um, I guess, direct line going down here, Ontario, of uh, public transit from Brampton down to the lakeshore, which should be quite interesting and take a lot of vehicles off the road, hopefully. Um, as far as Mississauga Transit goes, uh, I'd have to look at it to see if it's functioning right and, and talk to the people at the top and, you know, get their opinions on things. I know, but, uh, I, I know that the city of Toronto and Metrolinx want to bring the subway into Mississauga. Oh, that, sh that should have been done back in the 70s when they talked about it. It, it really should have been, but it, it, that's the one thing that never got done. We never got the subway into Toronto where, you know, that. how many cars would that take off the road? That's if you want to take it off the road, like it should have been done 50 years ago. And then it had come up that they were going to do it. And, uh, you know, same with the, uh, the Milton Gold Line all-day service. And that's been talked about for years, but it doesn't happen. So people drive into the city. I see. Yeah, so that's the transit problems I see. And um, in terms of any, I know that I know that we can only be kind of vague on this stuff. But <clears throat> do you foresee any uh, any budget issues? Like, uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. For example, we're just coming out of COVID, and I know specifically that the city of Toronto, whether they want to admit it or not, there's there's some financial issues. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, one of the things the city of Toronto does is they, um, I, I don't know what the right word is. I don't know if it's a s subsidized or they give grants or if it's a loan. I'm not exactly sure what the right word is. But they do so for um, community events such as the Scotiabank uh, Caribbean Carnival, Pride, Taste of the Danforth, Little Italy, and all these little things. But what they don't. Uh, maybe they know, maybe they don't know, maybe they don't realize. 
all of these organizations or events that are run by these organizations, they're all privately funded, and I'm talking millions of dollars. They don't need the money from the City of Toronto. I'm just wondering if the City of Mississauga contributes to anything like that within the City of Toronto or... Um, or outwardly, that maybe doesn't need to happen anymore, especially with everyone just coming out of COVID. Okay. Uh, well, just coming out of COVID, uh, I did submit, the city had put out a budget kind of thing. What do you think of the budget? What should we should do? Up it, down it, lower it, leave it alone. And basically, I looked at it and I said, let's lower it here, lower it there, and uh, leave it here. I, I said nothing should go up because for two years, we didn't spend any money in the city. You know, all this COVID stuff was paid for by the government through the money that was given to it to run this COVID. Um, so the city didn't have a lot of expenses. So I think there's money in the bank. Okay. You, uh, um, I'm just trying to think what the rest of that was. As far as Mississauga, well, we uh, support Carasaga. We have our own festivals here, and I think they're needed. I think it's a, a great way to uh, just have community get out and meet each other. And No, I, I agree. All the festivals that happen in Mississauga yeah. and everywhere else, they need to happen. I'm just saying that the festivals themselves can support themselves, for the most part, because they have private donations. Yeah, yeah, they can run themselves. They should be able to run themselves, and they get a permit from the city to run it. Um, if they're funded with millions of dollars, they could clearly do it themselves. And that, yeah, that, that money could be put to better use. That that's my point. And uh, you know, I, I get a lot the of flack. Situation is different, but you know, you got to look what it, it. What's it for? Is it for the children? Well, I, I got to soft spot there to help the kids out you know but uh yeah if they're if they don't need funding maybe support and that the city approves it yes the city of mississauga approves this group and to, and to promote it maybe but as far as supplying money to it when it's already ha when it already has money uh yeah you have to question that i'd agree Okay, and um, sorry, I just wanted to get your opinion as well. Uh, moving along, yes, on uh, the city of Mississauga's relationship with the Peel Regional Police and what uh, what type of relationship uh, exists. Presently, I'm unsure, but Peel Regional Police are absolutely awesome. They're, uh, they've been phenomenal, and uh, if I was in the chair, I don't foresee any problems. I'd love to be on the, on the board, I, as I would be allowed to if I was mayor, because I think they're fantastic, and I'm unsure of the relationship now, but I presume it's good because everything seems to be normal. So I'd like to continue that. That sounds great. And uh, so I got a couple things that I want to ask you uh, before I let you go. So uh, predicated on you winning the mayoral chair, what do you see for the 
maybe immediate and the five year down the road future for the city of Mississauga? Well, I would, I see good things. We just have to turn this around and uh, start stepping away from the fear aspect of all this and put a little faith in your immune system and uh, a little prayer and uh, open the city up and get it going and uh, just get it back to, uh, you know, where people are out and the children are playing. This is the toughest on the children. Definitely. Uh, um, just keep things positive in the city and uh, positive events. So, sorry, I had one other question I wanted to ask you. I just thought of it now. Would you, uh, the current noise bylaws and stuff like that, you wouldn't change any of that or or um, tinker with, um, I don't know if, if the, the mayor has the power to do it, that's why I'm asking you, uh, to tinker with uh, the noise bylaw, the hours, or change the, the last call hours at bars within the city limits, of course. Yes. Well, I, I believe the mayor, well, and the council are responsible for noise by making noise bylaws. And in, in my pile of things that I see need to happen in the city, that one, any changes right now is very low in the pile. Okay. There's a lot more that needs to be done without looking at noise bylaws right now and the and, uh, status quo on the, them right now as far as I'm concerned because there's other more important things that need to be done. Okay. And uh, same would be for last call for bars? Well, that's... Uh, what is it now? I haven't been to a bar in years. <laughs> I think it's 2 a.m. or something like that. Really? Yeah. Well, I'd... Uh, what do they want to do? See, I don't even follow. I don't drink, so... Neither, neither do I, but I, I know but that... I have no idea what the bar... What, do they want to make it to later, like 3 and 4 in the morning? Well, I mean, you're going to have groups on both sides. That's oh. that's all I'm saying. Again, again, as far as the hours goes, I was the mayor in the mayor's chair. Um, again, that's low on the totem pole. I just leave it where it is and... If somebody, if there's a real issue, if, if let's just say, like for example, uh, police had an issue with it being at two and they wanted earlier, I would certainly look at it. Like for example, I think, uh, the city of Toronto changes it for like the one or two weeks that the world cup is running because it, you know, it's the world cup's always it's different time zone. Exactly. That's why. Yep. Well, this has been, uh, that, that, uh, well, see, little situations like that, maybe, okay? Okay. Um, you could, I don't know, maybe you set up something like the Paramount Center. Lots of parking, you know? People could go there instead of having the regular bars open and do some shuttle buses. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. But uh, I kind of understand it, but there is also the driving issue but uh, for the most part everybody's responsible yeah yeah and um i i asked this question to everybody that i interview so i'll, I'll ask it and y you can pass you don't have to answer 
but at this current time, is there anybody that is currently running, whether it be a city councilor or school trustee, that you are willing to endorse? Within the city? Yes. Municipally. Um, I haven't reached out as of yet to speak with any of the sitting, sitting councillors. Okay. I know there was uh, there's a half a dozen of them, I believe, that have already been in, and a couple were in on the first morning as well, when you were allowed to register. Um, I will be. I'm just currently assembling my team and getting a web page together, and the Ontario election certainly uh, takes preference over the municipal at the moment because it's in two and a half weeks, kind of thing. Yes, and oh, and the last no, time. And the last time that this happened, the, uh, the, 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 obviously the Ford government came in and they changed the whole thing. Specifically for the city of Toronto, they, they removed half of council. So, yeah. I, I understand. Well, they did other things too, but that's, that's for another discussion. So, <laughs> tell people, um, you said you have a website, it's not up yet? Uh, no, it's not. It's... In the works right now, I'm putting it together. I hope to have it out by the uh, municipal election, so it's ready to go until the October 24th election, where we can go from there. That's perfect. And uh, guys, I just want to um, remind you to get out and vote. If you don't vote, you don't have your say, and the only way to affect change is to be part of it. That's I truly believe that. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely, especially in these elections. I'm just going to say for the provincial election, you've got three parties who are going to lock us down again this fall. And there's one party that won't, or there's two parties that won't. Now, people have to look at that and start making some critical decisions because, uh, you know, this is, we're going to, if they want to lock us down again, so there's a couple parties who won't. I'll just leave that at there, and people need to do some research on that, because the two parties that won't lock us down again are being ignored by the media. So I'll just end that one there. People can research them. That's uh, that's well put, and I want to thank you so much for coming on and being uh, uh, being part of this and and doing this interview. And <clears throat> it was my pleasure, Matthew. I. You're my first interview, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm going to enjoy many more, I hope. And if you ever want to do this again, please feel free to reach out if there's any more pressing issues. I definitely will, and thank you again so much for coming on and being a part of it. Yep. You ever again, again, there's no place I'd rather be here than, uh, than here.